Hello and welcome into another episode of Lockdown Wolves. Today on the show, the post-game podcast from the second-to-last preseason game, the Timberwolves blew out Maccabi Renana on Tuesday night with an all-reserve lineup. It was all bench guys all the time, and Luca Garza, Josh Minot, and rookie Leonard Miller all starred. We'll break down who played the best, and also, in terms of the end of the roster guys that don't have a spot solidified, who made their best case for the final two-way slot and or the final standard contract spot. It's all upcoming to the show. Welcome in. You are Lockdown Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy Hump Day. And a big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. Wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also watch on the Locked On Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. More great local sports coverage 24-7 for free. And you can follow on X, the artist formerly known as Twitter, at BBeacon, and also at Locked On T-Wolves. Don't forget the T. All right, let's talk uh, post-game pod here. The Timberwolves blew out Maccabi Renana in their fourth of five preseason games on Tuesday night at Target Center, the only preseason game at Target Center. And uh, the Timberwolves didn't use anybody in their top, probably eight in the rotation. And maybe, I mean, Jordan McLaughlin didn't play either. And I've, I've been saying he's the 10th or 11th guy, right? The only rotation guy that played in the game on Tuesday night was Troy Brown Jr. He started, played... Uh, 16 minutes in the first half did not play at all in the second half. Uh, but otherwise it was all like deep bench guys, like number 11 on the roster on. And so we got to see long looks at, at, I mean, four of the five starters were with the team last year, Josh Minot, Luca Garza, Wendell Moore Jr. Matt Ryan and Troy Brown Jr. being the fifth, but the four bench guys are all brand new to the team and brand new to, to the NBA, at least in the case of, um, well, I guess Leonard Miller is the only one that's brand new to the NBA. Um, but, only nine players played. Only one of them is going to be in the right, a regular rotation member at the start of the season for the Wolves. And it gave us a pretty clear look at at some of these deep bench reserves and what they're capable of doing. It started off really slow for the Timberwolves just in terms of game flow. I, I don't want to spend too long on game flow because, again, I mean, they won by 27. And how many of these guys are going to see regular rotation minutes for the Wolves? I think the more interesting story is... Uh, first of all, how how do the fringe rotation guys like Luca Garza, Josh Minot, how did they fare? And then what about the guys competing for the last roster spots? Remember, the Timberwolves only officially, as far as we know, have two guys signed to a contract. So I, there hasn't still been very clear reporting on this, and I, I need to do a little bit of digging. But um, we know Jalen Clark, rookie second-round pick, who's out with the Achilles injury. He's got a, a two-way deal. Luca Garza has a two-way deal. And it was reported that Matt Ryan was signing a two-way, but then it was also reported, I think John Krasinski of The Athletics said he's competing for the final two-way. Remember, he was on a two-way last year. This is the first season we have three two-way contracts for each team. The Wolves have one kind of locked up with Jalen Clark because he's not available to play, at least for several months because of the Achilles. So it could be Matt Ryan. And, and by the way, even if he is on that two-way, it's not like the Wolves couldn't cut him and send somebody else. That's what they did last fall. Remember, they had... Um, they had, uh, oh my goodness, oh Amari Spellman, I believe, was on, or no, that was a couple years ago. Man, Amari Spellman, that was a weird poll. Who was it that was on, um, 
complete. Oh, Eric Pascal. There we go. Amari Spellman. Spellman was in the D'Angelo Russell trade. Why did I? Anyway, similar players, kind of, sort of. Um, Eric Pascal was on a two-way last year. got cut almost immediately by the Wolves, and then they ended up bringing in Luca Garza. So you can kind of play musical chairs with those roles. There's, it's relatively low um, risk to do that. I mean, there's not a whole lot of a penalty to, to just kind of churn guys through the two ways. So even if Matt Ryan has one, he doesn't have a secure roster spot. I want to talk a little more Matt Ryan later. Just in general, though, for this game, early on, the Timberwolves were very sloppy offensively. And they didn't do a great job defensively. Uh, Renata was just running pick and rolls over and over and over again. And the Timberwolves guards were actually like, I thought Wendell Moore Jr. was doing okay, but they were mostly playing drop coverage early. The bigs were. And Garza was a little bit on skates at times. Um, and, and like Matt Ryan wasn't great getting through screens. And Troy Brown Jr. wasn't, I mean, like he's a good defender, but he got beat a couple of times off the dribble. Um, it was just kind of, inconsistent defense, I guess would be the best way to put it early in the game. And the offense was just simply sloppy. Um, very, very sloppy. As the game wore on, though, that changed. And part of it was obviously, and and to be clear, Maccabi Renata, like they're obviously, they're a pro team. They've got a couple guys with some pretty serious NBA experience. Um, Bruno Caboclo, of course, played the NBA for a while. Dwayne Bacon played four seasons in the NBA. It was with the Magic, I think just last year. Ashton Haggins, if that name sounds familiar, the Timberwolves signed him as an undrafted free agent in the COVID year. As a, as a two-way player, and he got into one game at the NBA level with the Wolves and then was with the G League, and I think was in the G League bubble in early 21 and ended up getting waived because he violated COVID procedures in the G League bubble. So Ashton Haggins was with the Wolves for a couple of months, and they liked him to the point that he was... Um, this was the Gerson Rosas regime, if you will, but he was on a two-way deal with the Wolves. And then he's bounced around a little bit, been in the G League the last couple of years and actually signed with Portland and was released just a couple of weeks ago. And now he's hooked on with uh, Maccabi Renata. And he's kind of a, a defense first, pass first type point guard, a little bit like a smaller version of like an Alfred Payton type, if you will. Um, not nearly as big as Alfred Payton, but that type of a player, all defense and passing, uh, very little scoring capability, or at least not consistent scoring capability. So there's NBA caliber, albeit fringe NBA caliber talent on this team. So the Wolves should beat them, even with their bench guys. But it took a minute to really get their their legs under them. And the Wolves were down by five at the end of the first quarter. Um, the second quarter is when things really kind of took off. And we saw a little bit more Leonard Miller. The Wolves rebounded the ball very poorly in the first quarter. They were like a minus eight or nine on the glass at the end of the first. They finished the game a plus three. And Leonard Miller was the biggest reason for that. He led them in rebounding with 15. But the second quarter is when he really started to kind of assert himself. Well, I mean, he started the game on the bench. But a lot, as we saw more Leonard Miller, we saw more rebounds for the Wolves. And they just started to compete more on the glass. Um, I was a little surprised Luca Garza only had four boards in 32 minutes. He played really well otherwise, and we will talk about that. Um, but they just, they didn't rebound the basketball well in this game. And that was the, the thing that allowed Renata to hang around for the first quarter and a half or so. Beyond that, the Wolves just got out in transition and really kind of ran them to death. Uh, there was you know, a blip in the third quarter where things kind of stabilized a bit for Renana and the game got a little tighter. It was hovering around double digits. But then the Wolves really pulled away in the fourth quarter as they just continue to run and run and run and play exactly how Chris Finch wants them to play. Probably my biggest takeaway on the positive side was that even with this lineup full of reserves, save for the first 10, 12 minutes of the game, the offense began to look very crisp, and that's one of the keys you're looking for here because if these guys want to be plug-and-play players and they want to be the 12th, 13th, 14th guy on the bench who, like, say randomly three guys get the flu and they're out or or somebody 
sprain, you know, rolls an ankle and somebody else is in foul trouble. Like if you want to be plug and play and get that opportunity, you have to be able to run Finch's sets. You have to be able to run the half court offense. You have to be able to compete and show that you could be a plug and play player. And like Luca Garza is the best example of that. Now, obviously he did play some actual rotation minutes at times last year and was with the team for much of the season. But no matter who was running the offense for the Wolves in this game, whether it was Troy Brown Jr. who got some point guard minutes, Wendell Moore Jr. who played a lot of it, Dacia Nix, there was chemistry. It just seemed like Garza immediately had chemistry with everybody because his feel is so good. And he was setting screens and rolling to the perfect spot. Um, he There were a couple of lobs to Josh Minot. Kind of similar thing, actually. Minot's a good example of that, too, uh, where the Wolves guards were uh, made to look very good. And obviously they did their part too, but I thought Mina and Garza did a good job helping make them look good, being in the right place at the right time, setting good screens. And um, overall, the offensive ball movement was very good. And I was impressed. Like, I, again, we'll talk about Matt Ryan. I didn't think he had a great, like the line looks decent if you didn't watch the game. I didn't think he played that well, uh, but he did move the ball well. And that's one of the, I'm sure one of the reasons Matt Ryan is still hanging around because he understands what to do within the confines of the offense, right? You catch the ball, you swing, you pump fake, you drive, you kick, uh, or you catch and shoot immediately. I mean, there were a couple of shots that he took that I didn't love. And again, we'll get to that. Um, but like, that was a good example. When no more junior also, I didn't think in general, he played that well, but he looked like he had good command over like what to do with the ball in his hands, which is what those guys have to show if they want to get rotation minutes this season for the wolves. Okay, a couple more overall notes, and then we'll get into some individual performances. And I want to talk about who is winning the battle for the final two-way spot. And also remember, there is a final. The number 15 standard contract spot on the roster is still open if the Wolves are blown away by somebody. Did anybody surprise? We haven't talked about any of the deep bench guys at all, just about the starters. Let's talk about all that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends over at Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs are stretch khaki shorts that, simply put, they make you look good. Again, stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg that give you a truly sculpted look. If you just wear regular khakis, you don't know what you're missing out on. I used to, and now I wear Bird Dogs literally almost every single day. I will wear them on the weekends um, all the time. I'll wear them like on Saturday morning. I'll go to my daughter's soccer game. Then I'll go coach flag football. Then I'll run to the store. I'll come home. I literally save for a shower somewhere in the middle and then putting on a different pair of Bird Dogs. I'm not taking them off. Like I used to put on basketball shorts to lounge around the house, athletic shorts, best shorts, just because they're comfy. Sometimes lounge shorts. I don't really do that anymore. I just wear bird dogs all the time. They're legitimately that comfortable, but they look good enough that you can run your errands. You can even, um, depending on where you work, you could probably wear them to work. Like you, They look like they're more formal shorts, but they fit absolutely comfortably, much better than your old stiff cotton shorts or pants. Um, they are also, they have that anti-stink stink, sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long, which is huge um, all the time. And also, they have pants. They have joggers, too. And uh, that I just started wearing those this fall as the weather started to turn. Absolutely comfortable. Go to birddogs.com slash NBA and enter the promo code LOCKDOWNNBA at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. I have the free hat. I also got the uh, free tumbler, the Yeti style tumbler. Those are fantastic. Get yourself a fantastic water bottle as well. Birddogs.com slash NBA for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We could promise you that. All right, let's continue talking about Maccabi Renanov and the uh, the postgame uh, takeaways here. First, though, a big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, you can... Uh, Every single day, Monday through Friday, we'll be back on Thursday and um, 
We still have to talk Anthony Edwards. We have not done the player preview. It's the last one to get to. So on Thursday, we'll preview Anthony Edwards' season expectations, fair expectations for Ant. And then on Friday, we have our final postgame pod of the preseason. The Wolves take on the Bulls Thursday night in Chicago. And it sounds like the rotation guys will mostly play, which seems like it's probably everybody but Jaden McDaniels will see significant run before the regular season kicks off middle of next week. So uh, that's the rest of this week. Of course, we're still daily or we are now daily, Monday through Friday. Um, so make sure to, to follow, subscribe wherever you listen or watch your podcasts. All right. So. Takeaways from the Maccabi Renana game. We talked about rebounding being an issue. We talked about Garz and Minot fitting their roles and about the offense improving as the game went on. Also, I'd say the activity level improved as the game went on, and it's what you'd expect to see from a bunch of guys fighting for their NBA lives. Um, and we did we did see quite a bit of that. We saw guys begin to look comfortable, or or most of them took a while to get comfortable. Garza was pretty good from the jump. Bynett was pretty good from the jump. Some of these guys, it took them a minute to, to really feel like they were, they were with it. Um, I'm going to normally in a post game pod, I don't do studs. It does to the last segment of the show. I want to get there now because then that'll get us into the conversation about players who hurt or who helped or may have hurt themselves in this game or, or maybe done nothing to change their status, which by definition for guys trying to battling to make an NBA roster that's hurting themselves. If they had a neutral game, uh, let's start with studs. We talked a little bit about Josh Minot already. I thought he was the best player on the floor for the Wolves. I know Garza led the team in in scoring, uh, but Josh Minot, he is absolutely an NBA rotation player right now. Yes, he's raw. Yes, there were a couple silly mistakes. Um, there were a couple of like defensive help assignments that he was a step late on. He committed five fouls in 32 minutes. He had the ball slip out of his hands at the rim once for an easy dunk. That happens to happen to anybody. Uh, but he was the best player on the floor. I think uh, just in general, the best player on the floor in this game. 23 points, six rebounds, six assists, three blocks for Josh Minot. Nine of 15 shooting, five of six at the line. Was Had the best plus minus of any of the Wolves starters at a plus 14. He missed his only three-point attempt. And that's obviously the part of his game he's still got to work on a little bit. But I thought offensively, his feel was phenomenal. And the more I've watched him, Summer League and so far in preseason, this year, I've been impressed with his handle. And that's something I wasn't expecting him to have. I thought of him more as like a, an athletic role big, um, a cutter, potentially eventually a spot-up shooter, um, that type of a role. But he put the ball on the deck and looked comfortable. He had a couple of nice spin moves to the cup where he got a basket uh, just created for himself in isolation, basically. Um, didn't handle a whole lot of pick and roll. But in isolation, he was getting himself to the rim. And again, this is this would be like competition level similar to G League, right? Maybe not quite the same level of athleticism, but like this is still a, even though it's not an NBA team, it's still a pro basketball team. Um, so I, you know, I, I want to just have that proper context. Like, it's not like they were playing, you know, a, a D3 team. And it's also not like they were playing, I don't know, the the Bucks or something, right? Like, this is somewhere in the middle. This is somewhere in the middle. It would be a very lower tier NBA team at best. And and really not even to that talent level. But Minot, putting the ball on the floor, I thought his handle, he looked more comfortable than some of the other guys on the team that you'd expect to you know, be able to put the ball on the floor and get to the basket. Minot looked the part. Um I think now, if and when he eventually gets rotation minutes for Chris Finch at the NBA level this season, he's not going to be in a position where he's a high usage offensive player, but that at least shows progress, improvement, growth as a player. It shows uh, an improved ceiling. Like even if it's not this year, this could be a few like um, 
I mean, this is this is several steps down the road. But say Cat gets traded next summer, and Josh Minot, he has the ability to turn into a starting power forward at the NBA level. And in that case, he's going to have to do a little bit more offensively than what his role would be this year, which is the ninth, tenth guy come in, bring energy off the bench, defend, block some shots, get out in transition, get some dunks, alley oops, whatever, play in the dunker spot, set screens and roll, all that stuff. That role is going to have to expand in the future if he's going to reach his ceiling. And this showed that he continues to add to his game, uh, which sounds silly because he's in year two and he's like not 21 yet, I don't think. But um, I was very impressed. I thought his all-around game was was really, really good. He showed great feel. Uh, we know he's got great athleticism. The length really plays. This is a really, really good game for Josh Monnett. And you know, I've done whole shows about what I think his future could be, the steal, the block rates, the rebound rates, all that stuff's off the charts. And the physical profile's off the charts. The only thing he's really missing is to prove he can score off the dribble, which he did in this game, and to solidify that three-point shot and also be a little more consistent defensively. But the tools are all there, and the feel is really close. Like, it's, it was really impressive. Luca Garza would be the other clear stud in this game. Garza had 30 points. Four rebounds, three assists, and a block in this game. He did have three turnovers, and the four rebounds are low for a guy who started at center and played 32 minutes, and low for him, right? Because his thing last year was he was just just a, just hoovering up rebounds when he got into the game for short minutes at the NBA level. He shot 9 of 15, 10 of 12 on free throws, and 2 of 5 outside the arc. I mentioned this earlier, really good feel, was in the right place at the right time, such a good roller, makes himself available at the rim, and uh, gets layups. I mean, just a solid Luka Garza game. We know he can dominate inferior competition. We saw him completely destroy the G League last year and look very comfortable in limited NBA minutes. I'm still, you know, I'm still dubious on on what he's able to do defensively. I still think he's a fringe player. But when he gets minutes, in short minutes, he can make an impact. And he, I would not be surprised if the Wolves elevated him to that 15th roster spot and they wouldn't do it necessarily the next couple of days. But don't be shocked, and this is bleeds a little bit to the next point I want to make after we get through studs and duds, but don't be shocked if he finds himself on a regular contract and the Wolves fill that backfill that two-way with somebody else that's in camp with them. All right, another stud, Leonard Miller, the rookie. Very fun to watch. 22 points, 15 rebounds, two assists, two steals, only one turnover. He had eight offensive rebounds, by the way. 10 of 14 shooting, one of three on threes. I could have sworn he made two threes. One of three on threes, one of two at the free throw line. And activity, if I had to describe, maybe I'll start doing that. One word for every player's performance. Activity would be Leonard Miller's in this game. Uh, very comfortable, knows who he is, but we know he he's essentially a point forward um, who's who has a shot to play small ball center in the NBA, right? Like he, he has the full skill set, could do everything, um, and was comfortable putting the ball on the deck, was comfortable rolling to the basket, was very comfortable on the offensive glass, was pretty good defensively. He can still work on defending in space a little bit, but was aggressive. Again, activity would be the buzzword for him. He's also like, he's a lot like Josh Minot, just with a little bit more in terms of ball skills and and a little bit less length slash size. And um, I don't think his athleticism pops quite as much, but there's some similarities in their profiles. It's not a mistake that this regime has acquired both of these players. I like Leonard Miller's future quite a bit. All right. Next, I want to I want to hit on duds, and then I want to talk about kind of that end of the roster battle. Uh, so we'll get to that here next. 
Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends over at FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. It's it's the absolute perfect time. This is we're in the in the in the middle of football season. This is like one of the best sports months of the year. I would say October and March are my two favorite sports months. You get the start of NBA season, you get the meat of the football season, you get playoff baseball, the start of the hockey season. Uh, college basketball starts here in just a couple of weeks, too. It's all happening right now. Now's the time to get over to FanDuel. Uh, go look at that win total for the Wolves. I think it's still 44.5 at FanDuel. Take the over on that for sure. Uh, there's some other ones in there uh, that you know I'm, I'm going to give a couple recommendations on before the season starts here that I would I would look at at FanDuel. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options that include spreads, player props, over unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com/slash/lockedon and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, let's put a bow on. The fourth preseason game for the Wolves and the blowout win over Maccabi Renana by talking about duds and then the battle for the last roster spot. For me, Matt Ryan was a dud in this game. I know the line looks okay. 12 points, seven rebounds, five assists and a steal. Four of nine shooting, fine. I mean, they were all threes. That was the one step in the right direction for him. The last game that I kind of, I'll say lampooned him. I was pretty rough. He shot too many twos. Like what? I mean, his ticket to being on a roster is not shooting twos; it's shooting threes. He did that in this game. That was good. Four of nine. Obviously, you can live with that number, but he had a couple of wide open ones he just missed. There were a couple of shot selection wise that weren't great, where he took a dribble and backpedaled to get to a three. Um, I talked earlier about the ball movement. Five assists, no turnovers. Great. I just don't. I still don't know. Like what? Like it felt like he was hunting a shot to get into a rhythm early and then eventually did. But I feel like this every time he's on the floor and I still don't know what his actual NBA, like what value he provides if he's not shooting threes at a 43% clip, which is a crazy high number. But like there is no other value. The seven rebounds for him is an anomaly. We already know he's got one of the lowest rebound rates in the league in, in you know, the season plus of his career. He... um the five assists, that was more just a function of good ball movement and like, yeah, good feel. And, and again, that's one of the reasons he's still on the team is he's got good feel in general. I just like he gets beat defensively. Again, I, the fact that he was second on the team in rebounding is is strange. Um, I just don't know that he did anything to help his case, which is why he's a dud here. And, and maybe that's a little unfair, but um, I would there's a list of guys that I'll get to in a second that I'd rather have on a two-way contract than Matt Ryan. He's just got to show more consistency from outside the arc. Um, and this was maybe a step in the right direction. We'll see how he plays against the Bulls. I'm sure he'll get some more run um, maybe towards the end of that game because the Wolves have some decisions to make here. My other dud for this game, uh, again, a little bit of a stretch because I'm trying to come up with a couple, but Wendell Moore Jr., mostly just because this was a neutral performance. He didn't he didn't show out at all in this game and he was given the keys to the offense to start. And then once Troy Brown Jr. didn't play in the third quarter, this was when Noah Moore Jr.'s offense, uh, I guess Dacia Nix started the third quarter for the Wolves. So he was playing a little bit more point, but Moore is like, he's supposed to be like the Wolves are giving him the opportunity to be that third point guard to beat out Jordan McLaughlin. They're giving him the opportunity to show that he can have, you know, maybe fill in that what's currently the shake built in the role. Last year was the Jalen Noel role. Like, can he do that? He's got to shoot threes better. I just don't have confidence when he lets it fly from outside the arc. I know he shot the ball really well at Duke. I know he was like 50% catch and shoot three-pointers at Duke. 
we just have to see more consistency from him. Seven points, four rebounds, four assists. The four assists to no turnovers is great. He was three of eight, shooting one of four outside the arc. Did not get to the line at all in 29 minutes. Was one of three Wolves starters. Sorry, one of only two Wolves starters to have a negative plus minus in this game. One of only two of the nine Wolves players to have a negative plus minus in a game the Wolves won by 27. So a spotty performance from Wendell Moore Jr. Which brings me to my who helped or hurt themselves the most for the final roster spot. I think... We haven't talked at all about some of these bench guys. We talked about Leonard Miller. Daisha Nix was very impressive in this game. I was, I mean, if you go back and listen a couple of weeks ago when they signed him to a camp deal, I was not all that enthused with Daisha Nix's signing. Um, I, I don't think he has enough true NBA skills. I think he's more of a well-rounded type guy, but there's nothing that's like, oh yeah, we can put this guy in a game and he can give us X. He can give us rebounding. He can give us shooting. He can, He's just more well-rounded and there's some, you know, he's had some opportunities with the Rockets last couple of years and just has been inefficient for the most part. He had 19 points on 11 shots, five of six outside the arc. That's efficient in this game. 10 assists to only one turnover. He was very good. Tyrese Martin impressed me. I was also less excited about his signing and he had seven points, four assists. It showed uh, a lot. I thought he was very active. He was good defensively. I was impressed with his feel. Trevor Keels is the one whose line maybe pops the least. But I really, really like Trevor Keels. He's a good defender, and I would say he has all of that same feel that I mentioned for Tyrese Martin. Knows where to be and when. Very good positioning. Moves the ball in offense. Gets out in transition. Yeah, he shot just two of seven, one of four outside the arc. Five points, four assists, a couple of steals. Um, But he also, by the way, had a plus 38 plus minus. Doesn't matter. It's preseason basketball against an Israeli team, and no starters played. I get it. Individual player, single game plus minus. Does not matter. But if it did, he is a plus 38 of anybody that was on the floor in this game. I, I like Trevor Keels. I would, what I would look at doing is I would consider giving Garza that 15th spot and giving Trevor Keels his two-way. And then with the third one, fine, keep Matt Ryan or, or you know, have keep Dacia Nix as another point guard option or Tyrese Martin. Or if you keep Garza in your two-way, I would keep Trevor Keels over Matt Ryan. I think Trevor Keels is just a well-rounded player who has defensive chops and basically could give you like, say what Jalen Clark could, were Jalen Clark to be healthy, which is, hey, we're down a couple guys tonight. It's a back-to-back. We need somebody to come in and lock someone down. Let's give the keys to Trevor Keels on defense. And he could do that. And he can knock down an open three. You know, he's a little bit upside there, but it's really more about, can you come in and just be effective in your role? And I think Trevor Keels can. I haven't seen that from Matt Ryan. Um, I'm not confident in Dacia Nix, Tyrese Martin as much. Uh, Trevor Keels to me, showed what he needed to show in this game and has a shot at making the team in, in one capacity or another. Now, most of these guys signed Exhibit 10 deals, so if they're not on the Wolves, they're or they're not on the Timberwolves, they're likely on the Iowa Wolves of the G League because of the Exhibit 10. They get a signing bonus or basically a stay bonus if they're on the G League team for 30 days or 60 days. I think it's 30 days. Uh, no, I think it's 60 days. They get like 60K or 70K for staying there. So um, very likely we'll see many of them in Iowa, but... I thought in general, the players that helped themselves the most were Mina and Garza making a case for, well, in Mina's case, rotation minutes. In Garza's case, maybe a full contract. Leonard Miller making his case for rotation minutes. Dacia Nix making a case for a two-way spot or that last roster spot. And then arguably, uh, both Martin and Keels made a decent case as well. Moore was a very neutral game, and Matt Ryan was a neutral to bad game in terms of looking for rotation minutes, or in Ryan's case, holding on to a roster spot. Um, One more preseason game left. It's Thursday night against the Bulls. We'll do a postgame pod Friday. Chris Finch did say the starters would play a lot more minutes uh, as it's the final tune-up before the regular season starts. So we'll, of course, dig into that on Friday's show. 
And then Thursday, we'll do the Anthony Edwards season preview. Next week, we'll get into into predictions. And then it happens for real. Games actually start middle, middle of next week. All right, that's all we have for today here on the show. A big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every single day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find this one. You can also watch on the Locked On Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. And you can follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K. E-N. Of course, you could. Uh, of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.